So if we're playing small in the wardrobe, I guarantee you we're playing small out in life as well. I see a lot of women that feel really stuck in their lives. It's like a glass ceiling or, you know, a client I saw the other day who is looking for much larger stages and, and uh, much you know, larger within her business, but she was really addicted to staying really comfortable and she had these imaginary boundaries around what she could and couldn't wear. Hi, this is Julie Hyde. Thanks for joining me on Making Account, a podcast dedicated to inspiring leaders and business owners to be even better leaders, to create a great culture, empower their people and be more productive. So let's get into it. I've got a bit of a different listen for you today. I'm joined by the dynamic Sarah Gale, former Project Runway Australia judge, senior retail executive and veteran of the fashion industry. Sarah has worked with some of our most prominent and largest fashion retailers over the last four decades, including Portman, Sport Girl, um, Coles Meyer, Witchery, The Just Group and Forever New. She was also vice president and a chief strategist in the startup of The Iconic an accredited coach and advocate for women's empowerment and authenticity, Sarah runs her own consultancy and coaching business with a focus on authentic leadership. She's also the founder of Wearing Your Worth, a revolutionary wardrobe program exploring our psychological relationship with our clothes. The program is designed specifically to connect women with their authenticity from the inside out, and it's really quite fascinating. Sarah uses the wardrobe to help us discover the parts of us that we have renounced over the years out of fear of acceptance or self-condemnation and invites us to reclaim our own unique style to celebrate and show up in our most powerful, confident and authentic self. So I really love this chat with Sarah as we tapped into her broad range of experience and you really get a sense of how passionate Sarah is about what she does and how courage and authenticity have played a huge role in her leadership and entrepreneurial success. So we chat about the challenges of being an early adopter and innovator, the benefits of the Wearing Your Worth program and how it differs to a stylist's offering, Sarah's advice for leaders today, and how she juggled single parenting and demanding careers. So sit back, grab a coffee, and I know you're going to love this chat with Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Mm, Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour. Pleasure. Um, we've got so much to talk about uh, and I'm so looking forward to tapping into your broad range of experience. So shall we get straight into it? Sure. I'd love to. Awesome. Sounds great. Okay. So I'd love you to share with our listeners a bit about your background, which is incredibly interesting, and how you've landed to where you are today. Okay, great. So um, sure, I started in the fashion industry back like many, many moons again, actually about 1982, and um, which, which makes me feel really old actually. But <laughs> since then, I, what I did is I spent, well, over three decades in the fashion industry. So I bought for most of the majors, so Portman, Sports Girl, Witchery, Cosma, Just Group, blah, blah, blah. I then went on to, um, I was single parenting at the time as well, and so I started up my own consultancy 
basis so that I could balance work a little bit more with the kids as well. Mm. And while I was doing that, I um, got approached to be judge on Project Runway Australia. Um, So I did that for a couple of years amongst seeing clients as well. And then um, I got approached to do the startup of the Iconic, um, which was fascinating actually. I knew everything about fashion but absolutely nothing about online and digital. So I I love going into things and I I love fast learning. And then from there I went back into consulting again and I um, then landed a general manager role with Forever New. And I did that for a few years. And then as this has all been happening, uh, for about 24 years running parallel, I've been a daily meditator for 24 years and been heavily into the personal development field as well. I've trained in quite a few different things and was a workshop junkie for a a decade or so. Um, And what I found when I was at Forever New and and leading a sizable team, that what I really loved was people and I loved leadership. And it seemed to be one of my things. People Mm. said to me in my full-time roles, you know, you should have counsellor up the top of your desk. People just used to gravitate towards me. I love that, that, you know, aspect of life. And I had a, an out-of-body experience at five years old. And so just always knew that there was a greater aspect to life than what we're actually living. Mm. And um, so I did a coaching accreditation actually while I was still at Forever New and then left Forever New to go back out into consulting and also into coaching and leadership development. Mm. And that's where I find myself now along with also um, the founder of Wearing Your Worth, which is looking at the psychological relationship that we have with our clothes. And I've been plowing away with that for the last, say, decade or so while I've been doing other things. Yeah, okay. Wow. Okay, so as I say, like it's a really broad range. You've been in the retail and the fashion industry, which would have taught you a lot. And yeah. then going into those, you know, big leadership roles and leading people, you know, so you've really got sort of like the whole gamut there. I know when we were chatting initially that you were mentioning that you're a real innovator and you're an early adopter um, and it poses some challenges for you because you're always ahead of the game. So, yeah, yeah. so how do you stay motivated when you're really trying to break through and educate people about what you're doing and they might not necessarily understand? Julie, I'm so glad that you've asked me that question. And do you know, I don't think I've been asked that before. So it feels really, it feels beautiful to be asked that because it's a challenge. It is one of my most main major challenges ever, I Mm. think. and being an early adopter, it's like, an, and I have been all my life, as we said, with different things mm. and always notice myself ahead of the curve. I see something coming before it becomes into mainstream. Yeah. And so often what we need to do is I've had to do is do things in the background waiting for mainstream to be ready to take even an inch of this because until the collective consciousness is really has a language for it out there, I, I, for a while, like a decade ago with wearing a worth, it was like banging my head against a brick wall. And so I decided, right, well, what I'm going to do is, is, is find a way of doing this and keep plowing ahead myself while I gather information and gather research so that I can find a way to mm. put this, to take it out. But one of the main um, ways that I stay motivated is that I remind myself this is for the good of others rather than me. 
Mm. When I get too in my head about I want it to look like this and I, I, want, I, I want my career to look like this and I want to be doing this, 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 I think goals are one thing. Yeah. And they're there. I'm not particularly good at goals, but I, you know, I, I, ha- I have a really strategic and vision and high level. So mm. adding in those tiny pieces sometimes is really challenging for me. <laughs> so I keep my eye on the pie, but I have to, the thing that motivates me most is get out of the way, Sarah, mm. get out of the way and allow what needs to come through to come through. And Mm. that kind of allows it to feel like it's for a greater purpose. And when something is of a greater purpose and it will leave a legacy and I know, I absolutely know the way that it impacts people, Mm. that for me is what motivates me. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, it's more for external um, than it is for my own gains and sometimes that can work against me and I have to sometimes kick my own gains in there as well Mm. it's like Sarah you know you need you you, it's okay to look after yourself as well but yeah it really is about the greater good and and how I've been gifted I've definitely been gifted uh, um bringing both you know an everyday thing that we do dressing and fashion in to um a a very different lens Mm. that can bring a you know, a lot of peace and a lot of joy to people. Mm. Same with the leadership development. I just, I just know what it's like to be a leader out there and a female leader at that. And I know some of the challenges. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's that. And then one other thing: meditation daily. Yeah. I, I, I start my day without it, um, and that allows me to stay more centered. Yeah. And I guess to tap into that larger picture. Yeah, absolutely. I totally resonate with the, I suppose, that greater purpose. And I can see from your journey, like obviously you understand the power of what you're doing with wearing your worth, but translating that into your leadership as well, really you've spoken about, you know, really taking people on a journey and, you know, being having that vision, you know where you want to take them and it's providing that path for people. So I totally resonate with having that greater purpose. Let's talk about the Wearing Your Worth program, which is quite a revolutionary program and it's very different to, say, um, a stylist offering. It's much deeper and much more, I suppose, enabling for people to understand who they are and, as you say, dive into their, their real authenticity. So... I'd love you to explain a little bit about that and the benefits um, for those who go through the program. Yeah, sure. So Wearing Your Worth, as I said before, is a, a, a program and a service I run that looks at the psychological relationship that we have with our clothes. Mm. And over the last decade, what I've learned is um, that women, I mean, gosh, we have so many anxieties and insecurities and indecision about what we wear. There was um, an article, I think it was a Daily Mirror, I might be wrong there, but in the UK, that um, reported on a study they'd done that showed that the average or the women on average throughout their working life spend five months of their lives deciding what to wear. Now, that's Five months oh we could be swanning around freak aisles instead of standing <laughs> in front of our cupboards, right? With this angst and oh my god, like the biggest that came out of this research was like 
wow, I'm not just imagining this. This is because I found myself and I couldn't understand how is this happening to me? I've been in the industry at that stage about 25 years. I knew how to put an outfit together. You know, that, that was part of what I did. I was judge on Project Runway Australia. I still felt the same angst. And the same indecision. And it was like, what is this? Mm. So one day I went into my wardrobe and I I just let loose and just I explored what is going on. And I started to listen to the head talk in my mind. And I have to say it was like a meetup group in there. It was just like, <laughs> it was just going for it. There were so many different voices. And I was like, Sarah, what is going on? It had less to do with the clothes. Yeah, and a lot more to do with my mindsets, my belief patterns, my my sense of self and sense of worth in what I was wearing. Mm. And so then I started to go into like some very beautiful girlfriends' wardrobes. God, yeah. they were great. I even took a camera crew into one of them. Um, and what I started to discover that is that our wardrobe within our wardrobe lies all the different aspects of who we are. And when we start to dissect what we wear and what's behind what we wear. We think that what we wear is is made through conscious choices and purely because we don't really give it any thought to to how we're making those choices. Yet what I've discovered is that a lot of our choices around what we wear is actually coming from our unconscious. It's old stories we've told ourselves since we were very young that we've been influenced by either family, friends, social media, marketing, blah, blah, blah. And what it does is a lot of the time in our clothes we actually hide. So so we wear masks. We, We go out with an identity of who we think we need to be Mm. rather than who we really are. And, Julie, when we do that on a daily basis, we really interrupt our energy, the energy that we take out into the world. So if we're playing small in the wardrobe, I guarantee you we're playing small out in life as well. I see a lot of women that feel really stuck in their lives. It's like a glass ceiling or, you know, a client I saw the other day who, is looking for much larger stages and and uh, much you know larger within her business, but she was really addicted to staying really comfortable, and she had these imaginary boundaries around what she could and couldn't wear, and they were exactly the same mindsets when we started to dissect that. When we started to shift that, we then looked and we were able to see that the that the boundaries around staying comfortable were playing out in her life, in her leadership, in her relationships as well. Mm. So the, what, what we do is we go through and we really use the wardrobe as a diagnostic tool to understand ourselves better and then we shift it within the wardrobe so that what happens is once you get through and you wade through the stories and you wade through the, the relationship and you start to really un, like unveil what's there and why you're dressing like you're dressing because most people, you know, dress and, and feel me- mediocre at best. Mm. Um, once we get through that, what I found is that we all have three style essences. Now, why is there three? I have no idea why there's three. There's just always three. Yeah. And they are completely unique to you. And those style essences, like, connect in with the heart and soul of who you are. It's like the core reason that you've come here. And when we find those within your clothes, and we do that through a process, they are completely reflective of 
of informing like your reason for being and your purpose in your life as well. Mm. It's fascinating. It's really profound. Yeah, it's a really, it, it really is, Julie. And it's, mm. I think that's why, you know, the frustration of languaging this and, and mm. the education, because a lot of people see dressing as a very superficial area. I'll put my hand up. I've been trying to run away for this for years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, just because I, I just don't want people to see me as superficial, which is a very egotistic thought in the first place anyway, I understand that, mm. but it really bugs me. What I realised is that when we can use something on a daily basis, nothing in this life is more spiritual than the other. It's mm. nothing more powerful than the other. If it's impacting how we show up in ourselves and impacting whether we're connecting or disconnecting with our authentic being, then it is worth the time and energy to put into that. Yeah, absolutely. And when I was reading about um, wearing your worth, you had in there where you stand in front of your wardrobe and you've got all of these clothes and yet you've got nothing to wear. I do that all the time. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. You So many, so many. And I used to be the same, right? So many women do that. And that's because often we go out shopping and we buy randomly. Mm. So we buy for a mood that yeah. we're in at the time. But it's not necessarily the, the keyed into who we are. What I find during a session is once we found your essences, we find outfits that are already in your wardrobe that you don't know about. Mm. Because when you put the three essences together, what happens is, is, is it's like the client is plugged into an electrical socket and boom, it's like they are charged with their own charge of energy. Yeah. Like it's who they really are. So you have gone out and bought according to your essences at times and not really known why. Have you ever bought something and got it home and gone, I don't know why I bought that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got it. So what I love about wearing your worth is it makes it really intentional dressing. Your style is just like it lights you up because it's like a fire. You know when you're looking at an open fire, you can't help but look at something that's just so raw and authentic. Mm. And I have clients after our sessions ringing me within the next week and saying, I don't know what's going on, but I've got people chasing after me to tell me how good I look. And, it's, <laughs> and they're like, what? someone was chased around the supermarket. But by not just one, but by a couple of people just going, I don't know what it is about you, but by God, you just look amazing. And it's when we're congruent from the inside out. Mm. And we save money because we don't go and buy all of, you know, things spasmodically. We've sued people who've said, I hate shopping, I can't shop, I took a client shopping yesterday. They, they end up loving shopping because they're so intentional. And imagine what that does to your energy because you have certainty. You have an absolute knowing of you and yeah. that then goes into the rest of your life as well. Absolutely. And we, yeah, and we also decrease landfill because the fashion industry is the second biggest polluter in this world next to oil. Wow. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. We actually have to take individual responsibility. We, we put on the companies and, yes, but if we're still buying truckloads, yeah. we're going to truckloads so I, I always say to people you know you'll buy less you save money you save time and you get to know you in a whole new different way and you show up in this really big space 
of you. It's it's so beautiful. I just love watching the transformations. Oh, and I can hear the passion and how you're talking about it. I can see how meaningful, or I suppose how how much this means to you to enable mm. people to do that. Because I can see how that then translates into people's careers and like you say into their leadership so when you're feeling like the best version of yourself and when you've got that confidence because confidence is so attractive in so many ways people can like you say that stuckness that women feel so often I hear that just so many times so glad you brought up that that confidence because that Mm. is when we're I, I believe confidence is alignment so when we're aligned with ourselves, we're aligned with our values, we're aligned from the inside out, like we're really solid feet on the ground, yeah. then the winds can come, the rains can come, but we're solid mm. and we're there. Mm. Rather than momentary confidence of puffing ourselves up, it's a bit like building a house on sand, right? The winds come, the rain come, and we tipped over. Rather than really having that solidity. And when we're stuck, it's because we're, I believe, we, we don't really know ourselves. Like we know the external identity, but is that really congruent with our internal essence of who we are? Mm. When we get that right, we'll still experience, you know, the normal winds and rains. Yeah. But we'll experience them in a very different way. Yeah. That's been my experience and the experience with my clients. I've yeah. watched them just do this, a trajectory up. Yes, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, amazing. It sounds fantastic. And so, as I said, this obviously really transitions into um, people's leadership and that is something I want to just chat to you quickly about um, is really touching on your leadership journey because you've led a number of teams and, as I said before, I know you're super passionate about it and you love taking people on that journey. And there's a real key theme to all of your work, which is around authenticity and courage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really wondering, you know, through all of your experience, what would be the three pieces of advice that you would share for leaders today? Okay. So you've touched on on authenticity and that's first and foremost. Yeah. Um, To really... To really work on themselves. Mm. So really to, to intimately know themselves inside out, faults and all. Mm. When I say faults, they're just, you know, they're judgments that we have. But if we own those judgments and we own, we know what we're good at, we know what we're not, we know where, where we have our strengths. Mm. And I'm a real strengths focus. So I say, you know, focus on your strengths and lead with those rather than constantly trying to work our weaknesses. Yeah. I'm not saying we ignore those, yeah. but when we know our strengths, we can use our strengths to, to help with our weaknesses. Mm. I was, can I give you an example of the authenticity? Mm. Absolutely. So in, in a leadership role that I was in, I started to notice, and it was a large leadership role this time, and I started to notice that I wasn't really, I was coming home and feeling really drained a lot of the time and I wasn't happy in myself. I was Mm. like, what's going on? When I really sat down and and interrogated it, I realised that I wasn't living fully according to my values. It was like I was at home but when I went into the office, I was living to what I thought I needed to to be accepted by my peers in, in the senior executive team. And I, I just remember going home one night and just drawing a line in the sand 
and saying to myself, Sarah, if you go back to that workplace tomorrow, you have to promise me that you will not leave your shoes at the door. Now, where I worked had a staircase that I had to go up to. And I imagined that I almost left my own shoes, which was the grounding, which was me, at the bottom of the staircase. And I would go up without my shoes each day. I said to myself, you have to go up with your shoes. Mm. So every single morning when I got to the workplace, I'd ask myself, are you going to take your shoes up the staircase today? And that for me was, was my switch on absolute switch on of I'm going to stay true to my values I'm going to be authentic to me and I will deal with whatever comes to me from that mm. but my, my true gift in this world is to be myself yeah so the other the other um piece of advice I would give would be I learned that questions were far more powerful than statements and when it because when I ask questions, I drop assumptions. I find courage because asking questions is courageous. Mm. We don't know what's going to come back. Mm. When we make statements, we actually control the situation. When we ask questions, we allow the collaborative nature to come in. And sometimes those questions can take us to places we don't know. That's where when you link that into authenticity, when you really commit to that, then any question is welcome. Yeah. Because all you can do is give of yourself. That's Either, right. Yeah. Be willing to say, I don't know. Yeah. But I'll come back to you on that. Mm. Or I'm not sure, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. And when I would ask a question of someone else, you know, I could see it ticking through. And just... I just found I learned so much more about my team. I learned so much more about me. I learned so much more asking questions. Yeah. So that would be my second piece. And, and, and as you mentioned before, courage. Yeah, it takes courage to be authentic. It takes courage to ask questions. And my third piece of advice would be around self-care. Because we mm. can't, if we care for others, we have to care for ourselves. So when I've, I've gone through burnout a couple of times, like major burnout. I was on a couch for three months, um, hardly able to walk more than 20 metres. I was, my, my body had completely, I was my, I'd burnt my adrenals out. Like, it was nuts. Yeah. And that's because I was just hammering it without really, and I'm still meditating every day, but I wasn't listening inside. And I was massive, I used to be a massive pleaser. And so I was pleasing at home and pleasing in the workplace and, pleasing everyone by myself and not really looking after me. And so even when the, the thing I described to you before about going up the stairs, part of that was because I was walking away from myself, not giving myself the time out, the silence, the walks in nature. I started to walk every lunchtime and walk in nature and we set great models for our yep. team as well yep. in doing that. You know, it's really um, being able to do that has has been a challenge for me. It's been one of my greatest challenges. And really, to be really honest, I still find that just working my own business and not leading a team, I still you know, run leadership workshops and blah, 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 all that kind of thing, but I still find I have to take time out and say, this is your time, Sarah, what are you going to do with that? Because otherwise I can't be present for someone else and I really can't honour their self-care if I can't honour my own. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. And like you say, I think... This self-care is 
becoming a lot more prevalent in the workplace because, you know, everyone's just so busy and people are worrying that it's a badge of honour. You know, it's so great to be last in the office and turning the lights off, whatever that might be. And we're so uh, so um, connected with technology now and contactable. So I think that self-care is something that people really, and like you say, like you did, and I do the same, you have to make an effort to actually do it and create that space and make the time because it's just not going to show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I love that bit about the turn, you know, being there last at night and first in the morning. And it's like it doesn't equate to productivity. No. God, no. Gosh, we could no. have a massive conversation about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could talk for hours. Yes, I think we yeah. could too. Yeah. So I love that. So living true to your values and being really, really authentic, asking questions and self-care. So I think that's really great advice for Thank our leaders you. today. So um, you mentioned before about your mum. You've got two children. Um, yeah. and now yeah and you, so you've had like a massively full life and like you said you know you have gotten run down before so how do you think the self-care and understanding the importance of that was your key to managing that juggle and understanding the priorities that are most important to you was um key that that I can only imagine your juggle. You would have had so many balls in the air and trying not to let them drop. Yeah, and another fabulous question, Julie. Really great question. I do believe that, yes. Um, and as they say, I haven't always got it right and I've done what I think a lot of us do in polarising from one place to another and burning out and then, you know, um, flatlining almost yeah. and then revving up again and getting to the same place and going, stop. Like seriously. And mm. so it took me a few goes to learn that. And I did because I was traveling, you know, I had clients in New Zealand. I, I, I traveled to fortnightly. I had clients in Sydney weekly. So I was up and down like a yo yo. Yeah. Um, I do believe that that is the major piece that, that has. You see, if you think about self care, authenticity comes into self care. Because if we don't know who we really are, we don't know what we really need. Mm. So I had to get really real with myself. As I said, that pleaser aspect, and I found that pleaser aspect in my wardrobe. It was fascinating. It was playing out in what I wore as well. Wow. And so when I found that, I was like, gosh, this is just nuts, totally nuts. It's taken over my life. Um, but it really, I guess it's that the self-care allowed me to step back so almost like um, which came first in, in essence, mm. allowed me to get back and, and really find out the parts of me that, that weren't in alignment with my authenticity. Mm. And then my authenticity informed what do I need now? And even if you look at the questions, that can be very self-directed as well. So, you know, the voices, the meetup group I told you about, they didn't ask questions, right? They just shouted at me. And it was when I went to did a, um, a, a, a long, silent meditation retreat that I those meetup voices were just like back in a vengeance. It was, they, they are really loud, white noise. When you mm. stop all income stimuli and outgoing stimuli, you are left with nothing but the voices in your head. And they didn't ask questions. They were quite derogative 
and, um, you know, made really nasty statements and, and assumptions and it was fascinating. So even with the questions, self-leadership is about asking yourself really great questions. Mm. And one of my pieces I always say with my clients and workshops is that I don't believe you can truly uh, be the best. I think to be the best leader, you need to be able to self-lead. And so to lead others, you must be able to lead yourself first. Yeah. And that's, that's probably been one of my, ma- my major lessons in this life thus far. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's so true. I, so, I totally believe in that too because how can you expect one thing from others when you're not expecting the same thing of yourself? So, mm. yeah. Mm. Powerful. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So as you said, I think we could talk forever, but I'm really mindful of your time. Um, so I've got a final question for you, which I, I ask everyone. So this, this podcast sure. is called Making It Count. So I'd love to um, understand how you feel you're making it count or, or making a difference in, in your world. Sure. Mm, that's such another you've got really great questions Julie really great questions (laughs) um I'm going to focus on wearing your worth right now leadership Mm -hmm. development I definitely feel like I make a difference I love working with women um in leadership because I'm a firm firm believer that you know there's a there's been a big piece around gender equality and but I believe it goes further than gender because um, it's not just being a woman. It's about how do we bring the feminine into the most powerful force in the workplace because we need to uh, really appreciate the gifts as the feminine that we bring into the workplace. So um, a lot of women tend to up their masculine when they go into the workforce and, you know, the, the masculine is is great in doing that and our own, you know, personal masculine, yes, but we also need to equalize that out Mm. with the feminine make sure that our feminine is not stuffed down um and i find this a lot in wardrobes a lot of the time we stuff down our feminine right because and you think about this world this world honors masculine achievements a lot like you know for for decades hundreds of years Um, and so we we've bought into that a lot of the time. And we need to find how do we really bring the world will be in perfect balance when we start really pulling the feminine through in her true glory. The feminine is so powerful. Yeah. So that on the leadership development. And then as far as wearing your worth, like I see such shifts in people. And it's interesting, a lot of people that come to me with wearing your worth are women who who really have got great things to take out into this world and they're just stuck or they've got, you know, like these glass ceilings or glass bowls around them. And when I can add the empowerment of these women to living their authenticity, to living their true power, then they're able to go out and reach a greater number of people with their defined purpose. And that's how I love making a difference and making it count in this world. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful, Sarah. And so many people are going to resonate with that in terms of really stuffing down their, their feminine power. And I think both women and men are going to resonate with that because the men see it as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. You're super welcome. 
And thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and um, for just giving so much value to our listeners. And I'm super excited to be doing our Wearing Your Worth um, workshop with um, my um, tribe of disruptive women uh, coming up in March this year. So I'm super excited about um, collaborating with you on that. And yeah, as I say, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Julian. Thank you for bringing this to the world, you know, um, to helping people make a difference and making it count. It's really powerful. So I really honour you for that. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a real honour. And I look forward to working with your tribe as well in wearing your wear. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business, and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me, julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.